pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. The last of the amazing women in this series for the month of March is Janaki Sabesh. Stories are Janaki's passion. Performing, writing and living them. Janaki's engagement with children began in 1995 when she produced an audio cassette, The Learning Tree, that simplified the world of numbers through stories and songs. She founded her storytelling initiative Golpo Tales Unlimited in 2014 aimed at taking stories and storytelling to children and adults. An accomplished actor, she has brought many a character to life on screen. As a successful voiceover artist for cartoons, commercials and documentaries with renowned directors and ad filmmakers, Janaki definitely has left her mark. She collaborates with Tulika Books, Karadi Tales and other publishers to take their stories to various audiences and events at schools, colleges, corporates and literary fests. A simple question from a child during one of her sessions prompted her to write her first picture book, The Jungle Storytelling Festival, published by Tulika Books, available today in 9 languages. Her second picture book released recently is titled Parties Rasam which she has co-authored with her daughter Dhwani and published by Karadi Tales Janaki Sabesh believes a story told from the heart will always win more hearts Hi Janaki such a pleasure seeing you after so many years and meeting you i'm sure this conversation is going to be one beautiful piece on you and i with rashmi shetty welcome on board and i am now curious was the janaki i met like 10 years ago so full of life positivity laughter and you continue to be the janaki sabesh people just connect to instantly What was little Janaki like, and what were your influences? Uh, first of all, thank you, Rashmi, for having me on your uh, You and I podcast. And uh, it's good to see you. I mean, though we are on Zoom platform, but it is still to uh, you know talk to a person and not a box. You know, with just a name, it makes all the difference. Yes, I think I am the same Janaki, but. Uh, uh the little janaki was called janaki ganesh 
and uh, of course uh, post marriage i decided to take the name of my husband as the surname uh, and uh, yeah so 31 and a half years now as janaki sabesh but uh, i think inside me nothing has changed rashmi i still am very chirpy bubbly uh, i am very enthusiastic about a lot of things i get angry i get provoked i feel guilty so i think uh, i feel all the emotions but the one thing that has maybe changed is you know uh, looking back and uh, thinking about a lot of things that would have happened yesterday you know because we we are at a point where uh, at least i am at a point in my age where i feel Uh, a little guilty about something that i had said yesterday and uh, um, you know to uh, follow the kaizen principle uh, that uh, uh, many corporates follow i think if i apply that to my life i definitely want to be that one percent better than yesterday i was introduced to this uh, kaizen philosophy uh, i i think a couple of years back and uh, since then i mean it didn't uh, it didn't uh, affect me or it didn't leave me uh, you know uh, with a better understanding of myself then but as you know as i got into training and i as i got into a lot of other things that uh, which uh, meant i needed to share my learnings and which means i needed to learn you know much more than i could uh, share uh i i uh, i realized that i could use that philosophy in my own life and uh, though it's not uh, you know i'm not making a conscious effort of saying that oh my god i was angry uh, to the level of uh, 10 yesterday and i will do it at 9 today nothing like that it's it's just a reflection at times and uh, i and uh, i feel sometimes i take myself by surprise by saying oh it this the same thing that irritated me yesterday has uh, irritated me less today so then i said oh maybe it's the kaizen uh, philosophy or maybe it's just me uh, getting into the next uh, uh, phase of my life of understanding my emotions better i don't think i mean i don't think i can understand it fully but uh, at least it's the starting but uh, little janaki is the same i mean she she was always the same and i i do become little janaki when i share stories with children and i just just get lost and little janaki was always full of stories so full of stories that uh, i believe my father said uh, that his mother my grandmother who in the first place wanted me to share songs and you know, sing for her do some little bit of drama and uh, our our family is full of uh, you know uh, people who think larger than life and people who behave in a very exaggerated manner so i believe my grandmother asked my father that okay let her you know let me hear her sing let me see whatever she wants me to do and half an hour uh, you know there was no stopping me and suddenly she calls my dad and say how do i ask her to stop okay <laughs> so so i think that unstoppable thing is what is keeping me going so i i need to thank that little janaki 
for being alive within me. Wow. Unstoppable. That you definitely are. Seeing the amount of work that you have done and the fields that you have ventured into, you definitely are unstoppable. But what were your growing years like, Janaki? What were those influences that shaped the Janaki as she was growing up? My father was an excellent storyteller. So he, he would make anything a very, very simple. Um, I mean, I don't even want to call it an event. A simple uh, fact of life of him going to his office and coming back seemed like this straight out of a Bollywood movie, you know. It would be accompanied with uh, action, emotion, drama. And all because, uh, you know, maybe he decided to get us something and he wouldn't just give us, even if he bought something for us back from office and, you know, something to eat, he wouldn't just give it to us like that. You know? There are many who will just come and keep the uh, packet on the table, but Appa wouldn't do that. Appa would like make this huge thing about it and, you know, and make us feel like, oh my God, he's done so many things and he's gone through so many hardships just to get us this or you know and uh, my amma on the other hand was a i think she taught me how to listen i'm i'm still learning okay i i need to really become a better listener but amma was such a beautiful uh, listener she would listen to every single thing that appa uh, said and 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 with you know the with the intent to listen no butting in between and say, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes we say, oh, this happened to you, this happened to me also, nothing like that. So we, I, I grew up with this uh, uh, exaggerated appa's emotions and an amma who became the, an anchor of sorts, you know, just keeping us together and, uh, and continuously giving her own sense of uh, encouragement in her own way. My sister always uh, said she, she was uh, in New York uh, for, uh, for many years. And, you know, she, there was this, obviously, there was no help there to wash dishes and all that. So I believe she would call Amma and say, Amma, I have so many dishes to wash. I mean, it's, it's you know, after a party or whatever, you know, the sink was full of dishes. So Amma would uh, tell her and say, I just look at it and say, uh, I'll say it in Tamil because it, that's the best. How she say, Ivlo Dani, that's all. And my sister, till date, you know, approaches every work of hers and, and, and she will tell me. And that's how I would think if Amma was alive today, she would say, Oh, that's all. No, I mean, it's okay. It'll, it'll go like this. Uh, and so that constant. Uh, push but a gentle push at that and uh, a lot of encouragement uh, came from amma and of course appa was like uh, yeah yeah just go participate in this competition that competition no no don't bother about rise and all just participate experience that will teach you so much i wouldn't know what that experience and all meant but there was no pressure to perform at that point of time and i think that uh, I think is a very, very integral part of my growing up because when there is no pressure to perform and when there's a lot of encouragement, I mean, I would, I would mouth a dialogue from a movie and Appa would just encourage me and he would make me perform in front of people. You don't realize that the seeds of acting is being sown there. You know? And today when people say, oh, you are such a natural, I mean, like, 
but that is how I was. That is who I was and that is who I am. But I think it all began then. So I think it's a, um, a happy environment. Of course, we'll have our arguments and fights and sulks and uh, not, not talking to each other and uh, all that. But uh, that constant encouragement and motivation is uh, what kept me going. Okay. And with all of this, what did you move after 10th and 12th to study? And how did all of those influences make Janaki look at life differently? Because when it's protected at home as a little girl being encouraged and you perform in front of relatives and friends who come in, that's a different feel. But when you start growing up, people become shy you don't want to display your uh, skills anymore but how did college and uh, pre-university college post-graduation all of that uh, treat you so class 10 um, uh, there was again i mean uh, you know in those i mean i feel very ancient when i see this i think 85 uh, was my 12th and 83 70 uh, percent 80 percent was considered good enough and uh, I wanted to become a doctor. So obviously science with biology uh, was my natural. You know? And uh, since I had done well, I got into the science stream and you had dissection and you had your practicals and it was a frog one day and it was uh, a rat. And I don't know how, I mean, now to even think that I would have done that with a rat and <sighs> gives me the creeps but uh, at that point of time i think you you very uh, you know you're you're all set saying that you're going to become a doctor uh, annual days and all happened i used to uh, sing a lot in my uh, school days i used to sing the prayer so i had this friend of mine we used to sing duets all the time and annual day happened and i don't know somewhere i think in class 12 I suddenly realized that I'm not cut out to be a doctor. I never said I don't want to be. I was like, I think it's too much of effort. And I don't think I can even, uh, you know, poke a needle and all that. Though I was doing all these experiments and all. And uh, I still remember that scene so vividly. That I was going with a very, very dear friend uh, of mine. He said, he'll take me. He was one year senior. So he said he'll take me to all the universities, you know, uh, South Campus, North Campus, all that uh, in Delhi. And uh, we were in this uh, DTC bus, Delhi Transport Corporation bus. And uh, as we were uh, passing through one of the colleges, um, he said, now uh, you'll see LSR, uh, Lady Shriram College. And he suddenly turned to me. He said, you know what? I think Lady Shriram College will be the best for you. And I was like, hello, that's art college and I've done science that typical behavior no you're asking me to do arts he says so what I think you uh, you're very cut out to be uh, you know this uh, uh, really vibrant self and all I didn't even understand what he was saying okay we were doing uh, we were staying in an apartment and I would be there uh, always there in an annual day play be it English or Tamil and I said uh, his name was Santosh and I said Santosh what is wrong with you he said, no, no, think about it. And I thought about it. And I don't even remember if I had a conversation with Appa and Amma. But uh, I went uh, next day and gave the form in LSR. A, it was very close to home. I mean, I had to, I think, change one bus. 
and uh, uh, something nice. Of course, it was a college only for women. And uh, then I said, okay, maybe I'll do, uh, you know, in those days, honors course was very the thing. So I said, okay, uh, they said, you can get into political science honors. I said, okay, political science. I mean, like imagine from science, biology, physics, chemistry, I'm jumping into political science. And I said, okay. And uh, I just managed to get that cut off. And I was, I was there in LSR. And, uh, and as I entered the college, when I got the admission, and Appa and Amma were very happy because it was closer home. And uh, they, they had left it completely to me. And they used to really, uh, you know, uh, Santosh managed to convince them also. Not even, I don't think they needed convincing, but Santosh said, I think, uh, Mama, Mommy, I think this will be very good for her. And that's it. That three years of Lady Sriram completely, I think, uh, transformed me to an even more bubblier, uh, go-getter, never say no attitude person. I, it was already there. The, the foundation had already been laid. But this, these three years, because I, I met my uh, mentor, my teacher, um, uh, Dr. Meenakshi Gopinath, and uh, she, she taught me uh, one of the subjects in political science. But then I became the secretary of the music society. I was there in every drama. I was singing guzzles. I was, uh, I was running everywhere. I, I still remember I went to the T-series uh, office, I mean, uh, head, Mr. Gulshan Kumar's house to get a sponsorship uh, for one of our events, you know, uh, called Tarang. And I actually got it. And it was one big thing. Are Janki has got it. And let's ask Janki and all that. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, one, one putty little uh, neta I became, you know, sorts. And uh, it was always there. And uh, Amma Appa were very happy. They, they, they uh, uh, of course, exams came. And uh, I don't know what I learned in political science. But I, I learned the warmth that just oozed out of every uh, class of mine. Um, I, uh, I think I started becoming more and more interested in just communicating, being with people. And that's when my uh, professor, Dr. Minakshi Gopinath said, Janki, I think you need to meet uh, Mr. Rajiv Mehrotra. He teaches in uh, Jamia Milia in mass communication research. I said, okay, and I met him and he said, I think you need to give the exam. See, in those days, in 1988, there was no other communication course in India. There was only uh, Jamia Milia, which was a two-year MA course, and there was I, Indian Institute of Mass Communication in JNU. So I gave both the exams, and uh, I got shortlisted in Jamia, and then there was, a, you know, I think from thousands, we were about 30 people or uh, 100 odd, and from 100, we were, you know, uh, we got to 25, and uh, there was this um, group discussion and there was this interview and I got it. And there again, the, a cousin of mine had already done. She was in the second day. It was, always, I think I was in the fourth batch. Fourth of, uh, yeah, I think fourth batch. And it was affiliated to York University, Toronto. And um, yeah, I think it was York. And uh, uh, she was, uh, she also convinced my parents that, yeah, I think, uh, uh, let her go and give. So that's it. I just joined and I was there. And I still remember when I, uh, in my final film, uh, uh, 
you know uh, after you you have to group yourselves in twos and do the film uh, my uh, professor dr shohini ghosh she had written janaki uh, you're very good with people remember that this is a asset you know and i just read it like all of us do na ha ha okay okay that's it you know i think that till date i i i hold it very very close to my heart saying that sometimes you know you are not able to see your own um, self as something but others who are very close to you and who 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 are in proximity uh, and especially your teachers uh, your friends um sometimes not even uh, your friends you know some random person will also say oh i i oh you're doing this is it i thought you were doing that you know these kind of uh, uh, what do i say random conversations and uh, um just uh, um, musings you know and it 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 just uh, it just i think uh, changes now of course connecting the dots back i thank god i did whatever i did because it made me totally you know come out of uh, not that i was in any shell okay don't uh, even uh, <laughs> dream of thinking that i would be in some shell i was like bindas <laughs> that is so evident that is so evident that you are bindas through and through but my curiosity now is around the fact that you seem completely delhi bred yes how was the chennai essence still intact in you when local influences did not shift it i think full credit uh, goes to my amma because uh, see i i was uh, born in bangalore mm-hmm. bred in kolkata buttered in delhi got married went to bombay and now for the last 31 years i am in chennai don't ask me my age <laughs> i'm not 29 29 29 29 <laughs> because first two i mean uh, so um when we shifted from kolkata to uh, delhi i lost six months you know uh, because that was june to july and you know january to december the academic year difference so amar what she did was she asked for all the uh, you know class 1 uh, to 5 tamil books because i uh studied in uh, delhi tamil educational association which is dta it was called the madrasi school then uh, because santosh was there santosh was uh, appa's dear friends and colleague son so he said santosh is there so you also go it was it was like whatever santosh does you have to also do so i said okay fine but then uh, i had to read tamil till class 8 so amma said no worries i'll teach you tamil and she taught me tamil and thanks to her i can read and write tamil though i won't say that i'm one of those you know very fluent in in tamil but yeah if uh, if i need to do a podcast which i did uh, during the pandemic for tulika i did it in tamil i mean we had to do english and tamil i did it in tamil so when you're pushed you know you'll do it but um full marks to amma and see appa was also a musician he was in the book publishing field but he was also a violinist there was a lot of music so music is in tamil and telugu and uh, amma uh, so we spoke the mother tongue and uh, we also lived in an apartment in delhi which is a mini chennai you know lots of tamil speaking people there and uh, 
that made i think all the difference that's why the chennainess in me the madrasi in me uh, was never uh, over influenced by the dilli ki kudi you know dilli ki kudi she was there she was also uh, singing songs and playing the dholak for mehndi and sangeet you know it started then you know i, I still remember playing the dholak um, in all my friends uh, wedding and things like that and for my own wedding in fact the Uh, i think the mehndi it had just happened at home and we were uh, i i did it you know i played for my own mehndi and sangeet so um i think that is the reason music i think uh, music and my, um i still remember you know this uh, magazine called anand vidar uh, you know uh, it used to come with a um, lot of articles on music uh, some concerts and also on film reviews yeah my father used to always he was not very good in reading tamil he would always ask amma to read the reviews and uh, then he'll say you know stop stop go back i didn't understand so when you also uh, you know uh, were listening so yes. i i both uh, my sister and i would listen to this it was always there in the in the at home these sounds and these uh, words and syllables so i think that that is why uh, i remained uh, a madrasi and then what happened after post graduation how did life turn for you did you choose where you're going uh, how what happened after that uh, my professor rajiv madhotra gave me my first assignment i did something for doordarshan it was called crisis in education i did the research editing and things like that and uh, after that i i got married went off to bombay and in bombay i got an opportunity to work with simi garewal uh, because my professor in jamia mr matthew had recommended me uh, saying that you'll be a great assistant director see oh, wow. in those days you do mass communication means you have to go and uh, direct a film there was no other uh, and and see in jamia and all uh, um, i got a stipend you know i got, we hardly paid you know uh, any money so uh, um, it was like um, i had to give back you know whatever i have learned so i became the assistant director and uh, i worked on um, uh, mr rajiv gandhi's uh, you know it was called the living legend and unfortunately oh I, it was india's rajiv no later no, so no and then after the assassination while oh. we were doing it the assassination happened so it then became india's rajiv so okay. even till date you know when i see my name in the credits i i feel very happy because i got to meet uh, mr rajiv gandhi and uh, i went to delhi a couple of times so it was all uh, so much fun no you get married go to bombay and officially uh, you're being sent to delhi so much so that my sister told me stop coming now i've just got the room to myself <laughs> <laughs> so that is when um, and after of course uh, uh, that documentary i worked on a um a sitcom called gulmoha west by mr shridhar shirsagar and uh, that was also a great experience because i had to go to bangalore for shoot and Uh, endlessly stay there you know for two weeks and all that and i worked with tinu anand and uh, i worked with lots of uh, uh, theater artists good names big names and wonderful shows 
ஒன்னுமேட்டி Uh, mistake what is the take number a typical assistant director job hmm. but then uh, i think uh, once i finished that uh, i remember uh, my mother in law uh, telling me one day that she said you love giving voice overs i said yeah so because in delhi i used to give a lot of voice overs i used to uh, sing a lot for jingles um uh, i don't remember some upma uh, jingle and all that and i used to sing in hindi and at that time i used to sing in tamil also i used to get everything corrected by my mother and uh, i would sing in tamil and uh, my mother in law knew uh, so she said come come we'll go for an audition and we had to take a local train and she told me wear a sari so i said voice over audition audition why should i wear a sari she said no no you're newly married so okay you have such nice sarees so i wore a sari and imagine my surprise i walk into this room and the room is full of people camera and lights and uh, models it happened to be the audition for uh, acting in an ad oh, and wow. i was like i've never done this before my mother in law is like hello i'm sure you can do it and it is because of her that i'm even in this industry now. i got the part i played the part for a national brand of washing powder and after that that's when i faced the camera for the first time i'd never faced the camera before do you remember how you felt yeah i i, I remember we shot in some arik mill colony in uh, bombay and uh, it was uh, i mean we we had to be in the sun uh, the whole day i mean i remember how dark uh, and i was so tanned and my mother in law came with me for uh, the shoot days and uh, she was she thoroughly enjoyed she was so happy and till date when i tell her ate it's because of you that i when she says yeah yeah you remember she remembers every single thing today she is 93 and uh, and i keep telling i don't i don't uh, tire ma of telling uh, people the story and i saying that how she just had that leap of faith that i'll be able to do it okay. i mean you can ask me if i didn't get the role what would i have done she would have pushed me to something else also because she she knew you know because her daughter was singing jingles and all so she she knew a lot of people in the industry so ah, okay. she just uh, she just said that my daughter in law you know she lacked and i i think she lacked and all that and they just uh, gave me my first and when did modeling turn to acting feature films how did all that happen so then chennai happened in um, 93 um, my daughter was all of 6 months old and uh, my husband got transferred here and uh, i um, worked in an advertising uh, agency you know my gold wire uh, also a production house and uh, i did but then i was not able to handle um my young daughter and you know the you know how advertising is and uh, i said okay i'll i'll just take a break and uh, 
when i took the break uh, um, uh, another colleague of mine he was starting off and he said listen i love your voice so why don't you start giving voice over i mean voice overs and in those days there used to be something called scratch so you have to make a scratch so you pitch to the uh, you know uh, to the client so you you do the entire storyboard in sketches and you also have a voice so i used to do so many of it so many i used to be a regular at picture productions in uh, here and uh, i've done it for hta i've done it for I, i've done it for lintas i've done it for so many agencies and uh, my daughter used to come with me she used to have this imaginary she used to have this little tea set and she used to give tea to everybody so many people i met somebody the other day and she said oh my god i remember drinking chai from that tea set of your daughter so things happened and uh, i started uh, also doing some freelance work and that's when rajiv menon met me and he said listen will you model uh, act in and i had done it already before and rajiv menon big name i said okay and i i i think uh, acted for an i modeled for an ad and then one fine day i get a call saying that uh, janki come to avm studios i said why he said chuma come no so i said i went and uh, as soon as i entered i used to wear a big bindi at that time he said remove your bindi i removed my bindi and he said ah ee alaku or kanniga stri role i said what is happening he says listen i am doing a movie it's called minsara kanava and i am giving you the role of a nun kanniga stri i said where is the shoot he said ooty i said how can i come i have a two year old i think she was three years old yeah three year old he said bring her along no he was like so bindas so i said yeah but uh, when i am shooting when i am in the shot i need somebody to take care of her he said bring your mother in law along so that's how it happened we just went on a picnic to ooty there i just changed into a nun's dress there was no makeup because it's a nun and i was given some dialogues i i mouthed the dialogues i had to we had such a lovely time in between i think one day we had a break we went uh, sightseeing in ooty and we came back that's how my first film happened one day i think i went for dubbing that's all oh my god okay it's that simple it's <laughs> that simple i think i mean when i say it i feel that oh my god this was uh, this was like uh, it feels like a dream now that mm. uh, the trust that uh, rajiv had in me saying that i think everywhere um, i think my directors uh, are full marks to them for how, because they they know the final product right it's there in their mind and to say that you know casting is such a such a beautiful thing you know it's, it's and it's such a uh, uh, how do i say it it's uh, it can sometimes uh, Uh, you know make or break uh, a movie yeah make or break yeah. a movie and uh, i was very happy to have uh, got that and uh, i still remember going and watching it and my daughter was like oh that's you you know on the big screen and my mother in law came and it, there was a certain thrill but uh, truth be told i didn't have any ambition at that point of time saying that oh seeing this i'm going to get a bigger uh, you know role in it was it was done for fun it was just that i trusted rajiv and it, it was just a happy uh, um, you know uh, um, what do i say a, a nice little vacation that i had and i also acted in a in a movie 
But then uh, after that, I think uh, I got some uh, portfolio done because I wanted to take photos with my daughter. So Rolf, the noted photographer, he said, uh, yeah, I'll take yours. And we took some photographs. And one um, uh, news magazine, uh, uh, it's called Pen Money. She, uh, they, um, they said that they would like to take an interview of mine. And they said, you seem to be doing a lot of things, you've acted, modeled, and you're also, you know, um, you give voiceovers. And I had also brought out my audio cassette by then called The Learning Train for Children. I think it was in 1995. How did that happen? Just You just got an idea and you did that together? I think one of the studios, I met this music director and uh, then Inrico, the company, I had a lot of these ideas, you know, I've always uh, wanted to work with children. So I used to do a lot of things, even in Delhi, um, have a, a little, um, you know, when uh, summer camp kind of a thing, you know, uh, even uh, uh, in, uh, I think, yeah, in, in, in Bombay, I don't remember, but in Delhi, I, I've done that. And uh, this person, I think his name is Lawrence, and he said, uh, let's get together and i think indreko wanted you know uh, he said we would like to do something for children so i made multiplication simpler so we were all sitting in this learning train so the full concept to finish was mine uh, the idea was mine the songs were mine we got together some children dhwani included and we recorded them and uh, um, and that got also published by savvy the magazine and saying that Janaki Sabesh has done that. And I gave a lot of voice for uh, uh, another cassette of nursery rhymes by Sujata, and where I would just link two nursery rhymes together. So um, that happened. And uh, people had picked that also up, you know, in Penmani said, how come you do that also? And this nice black and white and some, I don't think it was color. Black and white and maybe one color picture was all that was. And that... Uh, was seen by an assistant director of uh, Mr. Shankar called Hoshini. And he called. In those days, no cell phone, no landline for it. Uh, and they said, we would like you to, you know, come and uh, see our director. We are considering you for Aishwarya Rai's mother. I thought it was a prank call. Because I have friends like this who will call and who will say, I'm calling from this and all. And I knew it was a prank call. I didn't talk. Uh, I said, at first I got very excited. Then I said, it must be some friend and all that. And I kept quiet, but he insisted. And then I took my husband. I said, let's go together because I don't know whether this is, you know, something genuine or not. Went and uh, it was director Shankar. And we sat on the floor and uh, still remember me asking, sir, but don't you think I'm too young to play Aishwarya Rai's mother? He said, that's the whole point. I want to shatter this myth that mothers means you should have wrinkles under your eyes, you should have gray hair, and you should wear a certain kind of, uh, you know, uh, clothes. I want to shatter. And I'm telling you, after this movie, it's going to be all young mothers. Actually, true to that, you know, after that, it was all young mothers. I mean, I think um, the way, uh, you know, now I see, I say, oh, my God, I could have done this better. But that's okay. You know, there is uh, some beauty in innocence also. You know, when you do, it was huge for me. What a big canvas. I mean, I was acting with superstars. Radhika ma'am and Lakshmi ma'am. Esri Shekhar sir. Nazar sir. 
Prashant, oh God, but it was, what a roller coaster ride it was. So much fun. And then, of course, after Jeans, I've done something like 31 films till date. Okay. And, uh, uh, I never went behind. I mean, I think I've been very, very uh, blessed to have some really good films come my way. And uh, uh, so the dialogue that I have been given has stayed. And when people see, uh, look at me, it's not like immediately they'll come and ask me. They, they'll keep looking at me. Then they'll ask me, ma'am, are you from this place? Are you from that place? And I'll, you know, I'll be very, <laughs> be very modest and I'll say, no, I'm not. And finally, when I can take it no more, I'll say, do you watch movies? And then they'll say, ah, oh, are you? And then the conversation. This happens in every uh, airport, uh, railway station, bus stop, whatever. But uh, I think I've been very, very fortunate enough to uh, get these kind of roles that I've got. Yeah, that's so true. But you know what, Janki, though you're giving the credit that side, I think every project that you've done right from your first one, you put so much of yourself in it. And I think the return is like it's I still uh, can recall your mommy saying uh, your Amma saying Avladana. So it is like, OK, I get into this project, put my best and that's it. And then I move on without like it's the Karmanevadikaraste. It's not about the result. It is just about doing it, enjoying it. So what I can sense in this whole thing is the factor of joy that you derive in doing everything. And joy comes from within, like happiness, right? So you are never setting any boundary for yourself, but enjoying every second of your presence there. And I think that translates into a bigger manifestation beyond what you're imagining. Beautiful. It's, it's so amazing that you say, because uh, you know, I've written this down on my, one of my favorite books. Huh? Happiness is a mysterious thing to be found somewhere between too little and too much by Ruskin Bond. And whenever, uh, you know, there are days when you think, uh, what are you actually doing? But then there is this purpose in life, right? This yeah. uh, whole thing about Ikigai that everybody says, what are you waking up to? I just want to be happy. And uh, it, is, it takes quite a while for us to realize that Happiness is not watching that movie. It's not doing something outside of you. It has to come like this morning. Um, I have this habit of listening to a lot of podcasts or just so today I was thinking that uh, what am I going to be talking to the, uh, Rashmi? She, she's this strict uh, invigilator. No, he, she decided not to share questions. Uh, uh, I mean, not even give me a hint. So I said, what is it about me that I would want? But then I said, of course, it will flow because the questions will, uh, will you know, uh, determine how the conversation uh, yeah. will uh, make me navigate through the... So there I, I, was, I was reflecting and I said, you know, there are a lot of people who ask you, do you regret anything? Or, um, you know, uh, and... Uh, Regret is actually a very, very good emotion because it actually makes us, um, I, 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 I read yesterday, Daniel Pink says that, you know, saying it's a, it's a, you need to have regrets in your life. I mean, imagine that you don't have any regrets in life. Uh, it's like, um, 
Sheryl Sandberg saying, what will you do if you were not afraid? And these are the questions that keep cropping up within me now and saying, you know, because as you age, I see that my frequency uh, with which I used to say yes has come down. It's like, what? It's already me, you know, uh, should I really do? But then if it's something really, really um, fun, whatever happens, you know, I want to do it. So it's somewhere you need to balance, right? Between uh, do I really want to do, do I really want to push? It's like, uh, uh, do I really want to do this podcast? But then, no, Rashmi asked and the fact that she said it's just you and I, I mean, somewhere, you know, we all, we all operate with that gut feel, right? And we all um, think about, uh, no, now I'll do it. Sometimes you're very, uh, you very strongly say no to a lot of things. And for yeah. the life of me, I, can, I can't uh, even remember why I said no to a few things. But I, I'm now at peace with myself saying that I must have felt something at that time so strong enough to have said no. And it's okay, you can say, or oh, I regret it. It's okay. But then have I learned something? If you just say regret and full stop, I think that is where the problem is. You need to say, what did I learn from that? Did I learn anything? Was there something that I, I need to do better in my life? And, uh, uh, yeah, no, but the whole idea of personal journeys, why I chose personal journeys as my topic of podcasting is only because personal journeys are a beautiful way. One, there's a lot of reflection. But there's a lot of learning that happens as you start opening up your own journey and you dissect it like the frog and the rat. Yeah. Uh, there are so many things inside which are not visible outside. And it's okay to, uh, to say that, uh, all right, I didn't do these things. Uh, um, so today I, I'm actually maybe after the podcast, I'm actually going to think, uh, do I have any regrets? What are those kind of regrets? You know, it might actually be very, very uh, um, frivolous sometimes. You know, those regrets saying, "Oh, I wish." It's almost like you know, I wish I had taken that one more pani puri, or that was to die for, or have that pani puri and then regret having taken that pani puri, saying, "Now I'm feeling so blue." So it's either ways, you know, <laughs> the regret. So that's what makes a personal journey so beautiful. Very right. And I can see that book behind you, Parties Rasam, which is your latest. Can you yes. take us through the journey of Janaki Sabesh, the author? It started with that little book behind that yeah. and then moved. 2014 or 13, uh, I'm, in my, I'm still in my corporate job and uh, Geeta Ramanujam, the noted uh, uh, storyteller, uh, comes uh, as part of a series that uh, my HR head, Sudha, had organized saying that you need to learn something that's happening outside of the world. And ours was a very stressful job in corporate. You know, we were dealing with media and pretend firms. So uh, Geeta ma'am came and she started off telling the story. And between 1995 and 2014, I still uh, engaged myself with uh, good books, uh, you know, which is Tulika's uh, store. And, you know, we used to go, I used to do sing-along for children. And, uh, but it used to happen sporadically. There, it, there was no, uh, you know, it was not that I was tied up with a particular institution. Then hippocampus happened, you know. 
so uh, these uh, as these were uh, going on geeta ma'am's uh, session happened and uh, i uh, so there there has to be someone who 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 need, needs to uh, do a vote of thanks at the end you know formally thank her i went to sudha and said sudha i want to uh, say thank you she said yeah no problem so i thanked her by doing one story on the spot i don't know what came over me and then i was like i have to do this course this is the beginners course and i somewhere it was like i need to get back into storytelling maybe i don't know what kind um, but i have to do it and i went to geeta's uh, geeta ma'am's uh, kathalia did that beginners course for 3 days and i then realized that uh, storytelling was not about just telling it was also about listening the power of listening so many things it, it was more of a looking inward kind of a journey for me and then i said i am going to start my own little company or initiate so i called it i was in the yoga class and i got this eureka moment i said i'm going to call it golpo tales golpo meaning story in bengali and i grew up in kolkata and i speak the language a little bit i said it just it just sounded perfect so i told i i made my daughter do a kutty logo for me and every sunday right here at my home i said i'm going to share stories so first i had only two children uh, one was my ceo's uh, son and uh, another was another friend's neighbor's son these two used to come and every sunday i think uh, 11 to 12 uh sometimes it would be alternate sunday because i was also traveling and i would be uh so i i started with uh, little little activities whatever stories i had and then uh, the word got round and some 3 4 5 children joined i went to my yoga class teacher her she had a terrace and she said yeah use this place and then uh i had a friend who has a uh, i have a friend who has a uh, play school i mean a school okay and she said sundays i don't do anything so you're welcome to use the space and that's how it started every alternate sunday i at uh, 10:30 to 11:30 was a uh, my session and uh, uh, it was just again i mean i was not uh, I, i yeah i think i had a, a little facebook page called golpotales and i said and so um every session i had about 10 or uh, uh 15 children the numbers would vary and uh, i slowly formed a whatsapp group and uh, and we used to say that this is how and of course i used to charge a small fee because uh, i realized that that's when the seriousness comes and one such session uh, as we ended the session little boy comes up to me and says uh, well, i need an ostrich story next sunday so i said fine no problem we'll get an ostrich story so i came home and as always went to google somehow the stories that were there did not appeal i started thinking and you know putting thoughts together and all it just didn't make sense and then i participated in a writers workshop by karadi tales with shobha and anushka they were able to channel the the story better they asked me uh, some very tough questions and all that and after that i kept uh, you know fairing the script and all and one fine day i sent it to tulika and tulika loved it they said we'll we'll publish it and so that's how the first book came to be and uh, ostru is very very ostru is the name of my uh, ostrich friend 
and uh, he teaches me a lot on days <laughs> and i still perform in fact i'm performing also again in delhi uh, last week of this month so i keep performing his story and there's a lot of music in it and um and it's published in nine languages so a uh, lot of love and i keep getting love for that so that happened in 2018 and uh, with that book what happens is when you get called to literature festivals not just yeah. as a storyteller but also as an author so i was so thrilled i went to kohima i went to itanagar i um, you know somewhere i was called as a storyteller somewhere i was called and in between all this i still had my corporate job so um i was actually uh, quite uh, happy that i was able to balance but in uh, 2019 i decided uh, that uh, i've had i think my fair share of corporate life and uh, i um, i resigned and uh, then i i i decided that uh, 2019 it was and i said okay i'm going to get into storytelling full time and i said how will you know how will i i uh, manage and do it it is difficult no when you have a corporate job and you're used to your salary getting credited yeah. <laughs> and the sms coming ting uh, <laughs> it, it was um, you know i was learning i said i'll give myself some time but then the pandemic struck <laughs> and we all got uh, completely but then uh, i think uh, that's when uh, a lot of uh, you know my work uh, started going online and uh, i decided that this is you again make it or break it i mean you have the opportunity you either adapt you adopt or you go yeah the choice was uh, left to me and uh, i would have gone mad right all of us would have gone mad if we didn't have the online platform for us to connect with uh, not just family friends but also to a larger audience yes now the world uh, was there in the press of a button mm. and uh, you were it was so beautiful so but in between all this uh, in um, i had just shared a one liner with uh, shobha vishwanath uh we keep meeting for coffee and i said listen i have this idea and she said write it down write write that book i said uh, no it's just an idea she said i don't care write that book and i came and i i i told uh, it was all about what if a child you know is searching for a recipe and you know and uh, it's about her grandmother's uh, rasam and you know it's not there grandmother and my daughter immediately connected and she said ma i want to do this with you <laughs> and that's how dhwani uh, my daughter and i collaborated in this we co-authored this book and uh, it's it, it's come out so well if i may say so myself because of the illustrations it's yeah. very very heartwarming and uh, we've received so much love we continue to the uh, book was released on uh, in december uh, 2021 and uh, it's uh, i'm now because it talks about loss grief memories and the the whole uh, quest to hold on to uh, food related uh, you know memories uh, uh, i think uh, it addresses all of these uh, in 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 its own manner and uh, i've uh, 
um, I mean, I, I'm so happy that uh, this book has, uh, you know, turned out the way it has. So wow. that's how these two, uh, again, that was a dream of mine. You, you know, you, you, you say that uh, it'll be nice, no, if you say Janati Sabesh author. Sounds nice, there's a nice thing. Uh, and the universe will conspire, but uh, uh, I think there's a, a TED talk I saw saying that the universe will conspire. But then you need to very, very, you need to put out that plea. <laughs> the universe is not going to do that unless and until you uh, not just desperately need it, but also put out that plea saying that I need this, you know, and then the universe will conspire. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful way to segue to our segment of the pandemic. You just told us what the pandemic did to the world. And all of us went into reflective spaces to understand what we can do better. And it, we all understood that we can live with minimal stuff. Everything else is an excess. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, what were your specific reflections, uh, Janaki, during the pandemic? Because it took us completely out of our space of comfort, right? So I think um, uh, when I look back now uh, in, uh, during the pandemic and not just life, you know, I mean, there are uh, many takeaways, you know, but then, you know, the power of three is what people will remember. So the first is gratitude, okay? I was so thankful that my family was together. I mean, people got stuck in various parts of the world. Um, I had just told my daughter um, just the previous week, you know, she was working in Bangalore and I said, I just said, I just feel like seeing you. She said, Ma, I, just, I was just there. I said, never mind, no, come, no, it's only Bangalore. So she came and it was locked down from two days later. And then she just got stuck here. So, I mean, imagine it was so beautiful that uh, my daughter was here at home. My husband was with me. And my uh, 93 year, of course, she was 91 then. And a, a mother-in-law and uh, every day morning without fail uh, my mother-in-law would open the paper uh, which of course had to be sanitized it would go into the microwave and come out and uh, she would say what are the corona numbers more than us she was you know uh, looking at the corona numbers so uh, it was gratitude that we are all together we have food on our plate we have music with us. We just got together as family and we started watching films. We had a TV, we had an internet connection. And it was like, it was, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have words to explain how I felt at that time saying that there's so many people out there who are suffering. And uh, I mean, I know we were all, we didn't know this fellow called Corona and COVID. We, we were clueless and every day was a new day. Every day we were like, oh my God, this is one variant. This is what is going to happen. Somebody said wear double mask. Somebody said wear just mask. And then, you know, and then you also realized, oh God, there's something called online. I mean, we used to, but you know, the delivery and then the window of uh, one Saturday or Sunday and, you know, it would open and you can uh, buy stuff and all. So it was gratitude. The second was believing in oneself, saying that uh, I, uh, 
it's like reflecting inward saying what are you good at you're good at telling stories so go tell na so the third one was ask don't be afraid to ask so i actually called a, a friend in fact her daughter used to come to all my storytelling sessions and i asked her would you like to collaborate and she said of course we would like to and this was one day before the lockdown or two days before the lockdown because i just read that uh, something called a pandemic is happening uh, and uh, schools are closed so i said poor thing the children are going so i let's go insta live i never i was not very uh, big on insta or anything i said okay and she said she'll come home and i did one of the stories i just went live and after that i promised that every day 5 pm i'll go live with one story and then we we said we'll also include an activity and all and these are like early days i'm talking about march uh, 2020 and the love and the affection that i got for that 15 minutes of storytelling uh, okay there was this lady who i met just two weeks back i in fact wrote it on linkedin also i was in the hospital for a family uh, you know a relative and uh, uh, i was wearing my mask and she was she had this little baby and um, i you know i was trying to make uh, eye contact with this little baby and suddenly she came to me and she said aunty janki sabesh the storyteller and i was like yeah yes and she said uh, ma'am i had a very difficult pregnancy but your stories actually helped me through that and i was like what she says the whole fun and you know the way you um, you narrated and all um, and now my child uh, is about i think a few months old is hooked on to it and i was like full of gratitude and i said this is the purpose and where do you get people to see we do certain things because of instant gratification let me not beat around the bush storytelling excites me because i can see instant gratification it's already that cinema and all you don't know you will meet somebody once in a blue moon or somebody unless you have this huge fan base and all that but storytelling is like immediate you give now either they like it or they don't like it and if they like it they will go to the children coming and hugging and all that see we are missing all that on online but then just last week i was in hyderabad i was wearing my mask and there is this little boy who comes up to me the mother comes and says ma'am you did this for a school here no he was there one of the participants i said how did he recognize me i was wearing the mask but that's the power of stories and ma'am i still remember the good touch bad touch story what more do you want rashmi that whatever you're doing is impacting a child a family in some way or the other that doesn't mean i'm going to go and um, you know uh, do lot of other things that can this is what i can do so my three takeaways from the pandemic is uh, that of course gratitude and believe in yourself believe whatever you're doing it it will it will happen whether you but your intent has to be there and the third one is ask sometimes you need to ask people you need to seek help you know it don't don't be on in this uh, thing that you can do it all by yourself so if i had not asked this uh, lady uh, would you like to collaborate uh, maybe maybe something else would have happened but then i wouldn't know about that right i only know about what happened 
सो समाइम्स यू नीड टू यू नीड टू यू नो दैट टाटा स्काई एड पूछने में क्या जाता है पूछते हैं ना समटाइम्स वी जस्ट वी जस्ट शाई अवे फ्रॉम आस्किंग समटाइम्स बिकॉज you document your consequence at the most they'll say no and you do something else i have to count myself in the privileged lot we didn't go through many hardships that so many others of course yes second wave did not spare us and again gratitude hospitalization of family member but then we all came out of it and you know i'm here talking to you and we are again going back to work uh, slowly not rushing it because everybody is uh, already people are talking about another wave i said it's okay now the wave it 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 has to be an endemic right and we will learn to live with it i think that is the biggest now nothing can shock us of course there will be those uh, kind of incidents that will happen but i think it is like uh, you've been through this i think you can you know uh, you you'll come out a fighter because we all learn to adapt and adopt and uh, uh, nobody will now say that no 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 we don't know how to operate zoom you you learned you sought help and you you didn't know you'll go to google everything is there so uh, we are not going to say no to a lot of things and it made us all i think in some way or the other um, it made us exhibit our uh, inner grit resilience and the power of just staying positive yeah uh, because my next final question would have been three life lessons do you have any life lesson beyond this because you've given such beautiful reflections of the pandemic itself if i were to sum up the life lesson i think i want to put my authentic self out i get bored i get bored very easily i have to do i have to be like this uh, social butterfly no titli it has to go everywhere and do but of course that has its own problems you know when i'm doing this i'm like nah, have i done that but you you learn you learn to you know you learn to work with deadlines so hugh prather was a american author and he wrote this beautiful book called my notes to uh, notes to myself uh, yeah and as my struggle to become a person and in that he says uh, something which resonates so much with me he says a part of me wants to sculpt a part of me wants to write a part of me wants to theorize to put all of me into one activity would be to you know uh, kill large parts of me i mean that's not exactly how he says yeah, but yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. paraphrasing that's exactly what i am you know i mean uh, i can't just do one thing and be happy i want to do multiple things because um then questions are asked are you jack of all trades i said okay if you want to call that a jack of all trades but then i am the chief fun officer of my life yeah i am the cfo of my life i mean no i i run an initiative i choose to do whatever because i've been there i've, I've tasted everything but every part of my life i have uh, there's been so many takeaways which i am now putting into use as a trainer because after all life is a reflection and you uh, the best stories are the personal stories the best stories are something that people can't google about and then you know that's when and if you are uh, putting your authentic self there and you're unapologetic about it there is there is something that connects with the audience 
because I'm a firm believer, and I keep saying this, uh, that a story from the heart will always win more hearts. And like Maya Angelou says, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you do, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That, that feeling you know, comes only with the connections. And how do we connect with each other? Through stories. So yeah. I'll never tire of telling stories. <laughs> Beautifully concluded here, Janaki. And, you know, through your entire life story, your personal journey, because personal journeys, like you said, can't be Googled. And uh, when they are heard and listened to, that's when you start understanding that everyone has a different life. But at the same time, there are connections which are so similar about gratitude, valuing people and how life has treated you. But in your case, what I can see is how powerfully connections are such an important dot in your life and you've maintained it. You've kept the electricity on in each of those connections such that the spark is alive, both in you and in the other person on the other end. So thank you so very much for sharing your story on you and I with Rashmi Shetty. It's been a pleasure listening to you and being part of this personal journey that you have shared. God bless you. Stay blessed. Continue to share those stories that is making so much of a difference to people. Some maybe you meet, so they tell you, and you never know how many more who haven't had the opportunity to meet you to tell you that. But continue to inspire Janaki. Such a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much, Rashmi, for having me on your show. It's been, um, you know, sometimes when you reflect is when you, when you, it says, oh my God, okay, all this, huh? Okay, but we've got a lot to do. <laughs> you know, it also leaves you with that, that kind of feeling and I'm, I'm feeling all charged up now. So thank you, Rashmi, for asking me to be a part of your show. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye. <laughs> With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdeye at gmail.com That is R-A-S-H-M-I dot T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.